And welcome back to the Third Stringers Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Kratz, and with alongside me, my partner here, Justin Arbini. Hello, hello. We're back, baby. Let's go. We're back. <laughs> We're back and better. Better than ever, kind of. <laughs> what we got for you today, we got a lot of football talk. We got some NBA talk and some weird things going on on Twitter. Let's go back into it. Let's start off with the AFC and NFC Championship games from this past weekend. Had an absolute beatdown of the Philadelphia Eagles over the 49ers. You could say there was a issue with the quarterback. Um, obviously, that's the storyline. Uh, but that's not that's not all of it. And the other side, we had a ref controversy. We had a late hit out of bounds. We had a blown game by the Bengals. In Arrowhead, yes, Arrowhead, not Burrowhead. <laughs> Mike Hilton, former Steeler, um, a lot and didn't back it up. True. Start with the let's let's start off with the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Um, basically, the Eagles just pummeled the 49ers thirty-one-seven. Um, Justin, what are your initial thoughts on it? Uh, initially, I think it. I mean, the game was just tainted as soon as Brock Purdy got injured. And then, what was it, Johnson got injured right after that. So it's like, again, it was a beatdown, like you said. And I do think the Eagles probably would have won. I, 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 I think they're just clicking on all cylinders. But it should have been a lot closer, way more competitive. Like, at the end, the, defense, the 49ers' defense was just, like, drowning. So... Uh, to me, about what about it was, you know what kind of game it would have been. Yes, and it would have been a great game, but quarterback and you know props to the Eagles pass rush because I mean they just brute brutally destroyed the 49ers offensive line. Uh, props to them, and they should definitely be in the Super Bowl. But I mean, we're at a point where great game and we we as NFL fans were robbed of it that's true we were robbed of it and it's tough because it wasn't like the in the AFC game where some calls and controversy this was just straight up injury and it's just unfortunate to see as a fan and oh and we lost audio and we're back (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's tough seeing a game robbed like that but on the bright side it is fun seeing the Philadelphia Eagles getting back to the Super Bowl. And they did. It wasn't just a we won. It was a domination game. So they proved that we are, we're supposed to be here. Like you said, they got to the quarterback quick and early. Unfortunately, there's injuries. And then they beat them on the run game. So it's you can't you can't fault that, really. You know, as a, as a big Christian McCaffrey fan, um, you know, I wanted to see him sling the ball. Uh, and honestly, that's kind of a storyline in and of itself. True. Um, the fact that... Kyle Shane is supposed to be this, you know, offensive genius. Uh, we give him a major credit. I, I, for one, have been saying he's a top three uh, coach right now. Um, and that, you know, with all those offensive weapons, there was just a lot of things that they could have done. Let me all a little bit. You know, what's that could happen? You got Josh Johnson, who doesn't even seem like he wants to play. <laughs> um, you got Brock Purdy, who can't throw more than three yards. Yeah. And, I mean, throw the ball. Yeah. It, what? What uh, worse? You're, you're right. What, how could he? Have <laughs> yeah. You could. They could not have gotten any. Like, as the Eagles, you know. Okay, they're running it. It's like, what? Do something. Throw Kittle in there. See if he can throw the ball. I don't know. Do something. You, you can teach. <laughs> you can teach fifth graders on the fly some crazy plays. Like you, you, you should be able to teach these players a couple set plays. I know obviously Christian McCaffrey's not a quarterback, but he he's athletic enough to where he should be able to do it. And he did have that one pass attempt, and I think he, he like overshot the guy or something. I don't remember what happened, but like just do that again. Like at least it takes the pressure off of the run game, and then maybe the next time they don't know, and you gotta seed that doubt in there. So yeah, that I I agree. And then another point I wanted to bring up: the 49ers medical staff. We've been talking about medical staff a lot recently in the NFL because of DeMar Hamlin, and thank God he's safe and the, the actions of the medical staff that day. 49ers have had a lot of injuries the past <laughs> four years. 
Garoppolo has it seems like he's he hasn't played a season without being significantly injured. Now all of their quarterbacks are injured in one season. Like what what's going on over there? Yeah, Christian McCaffrey who's prone to injury. George Kittle was injured. There's a lot I'm I'm just I would take if I was the head of the organization, I would take a look at that. Be like, what is our medical staff not doing right? Because you you have to at least take the look at them. Maybe they're doing everything perfect and it's just freak accident. But I I would take a scrutinizing look at that. Just offensive players either. It's defensive players like Nick Bosa or I think is ACL. Um, I mean they they've had plenty of injuries over the years, and I think we looked at. Uh, the year after they went to the Super Bowl, which was Brady's f- first second year. No. First? I don't remember. <laughs> Last year with the Patriots. Um, and that, yeah, you know, as a, this is how Brady is trying to map it out since then. Yep. <laughs> um, but the year after that, you know, they were expected to be, you know, so good and they were riddled with injuries. Um, and it happened again. And it happened at the worst time. Yeah. Um, it's the worst possible position that it could happen to. And not only that it, it happened, it happened to the key players, all four quarterbacks. How can you have four quarterbacks injured in one season? I don't know. That just blows my mind. And it's not just minor injuries. They all season, technically season-ending injuries. Brock Purdy was just in there to hand off the ball. And obviously it was just that game. But he's out for, what, six months for the UCL tear or something. So, yeah. I don't know. I would I would take a look, and someone might be losing Agreed. their job, and I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's flip it up over on the uh, other side. Um, you know, a lot say that NFL's and you know you look at this game. There's a lot of plays that back a lot of plays that you know were taken away from the Bengals. They really do, um, especially in key moments, blowing whistles. You know, it was a when they should have the do with the game at all. Um, the whistle wasn't working, so just let the game play out. I get that, you know, blew it that last play right with that uh, pass or out of bounds um, on the Mahomes scramble, but that's the problem. The Bengals don't even have a reason or like a, a excuse to say that the refs blew the game when they blew the game on the last play. Yeah, I I'm always tough on calls like that or on situations like that because yes, they blew. He did have a penalty that last game. That was that was a good call on that play. He pushed him out of bounds. I, they're going to protect Pat Mahomes no matter what. But at the same time, that one play didn't blow the game for them. It was multiple calls and plays throughout so it's that it's that balance of was it that one play that ruined it for them or was it three plays earlier when they could have they should have gotten to pat mahomes before he had the scramble stuff like that I don't know. it's just it's tough to to blame it all on what's his name osai is that his last name it's like and he was getting a lot of slack for it too and i felt bad for him because like yes he messed up but if he would have done that in the first quarter no one would have thought about it you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was just a, it was a key moment. Yeah. Um, it was just a really undisciplined play. Yeah. Like you gotta know, you know, quarterback scrambling out of bounds. Yeah. You want to hit him. Yeah. You want to, you know, try to make him stay in the pocket. Think about, think about that hit, but yeah. you got, if there's a time and a place for it, you know, if there, if that's in the first quarter, you know, it's fine. Nobody really cares. You know, they'll say that was a dumb play, but you know, they'll go on. That's the difference between that and, you know, absolutely ruining the game for your team. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 um, that game was interesting. Because of the narrative and the growing narrative of the NFL's rigged, I don't know. I, I think if the, uh, the Bengals would have pulled it off, it's still really good for the NFL. Like, they don't need to push Pat Mahomes. He's already top tier. And Joe Burrow is another rising top tier player so like either way they would have been fine I, I don't know why this series was so heavily pushed i don't think the refs did a good job but if it would have went the other way people would have been like oh the nfl's rigged it's like that's just how it how 
how the plays fell that game. I don't know. It's tough. Does this uh does this past game and this I guess this season solidify Joe Burrow in your mind as yeah. the second best back? Uh, I don't know about second best. Him and Josh Allen are right up there, neck and neck for me. I think Pat Mahomes is the best. Um, what this solidified for me was that Pat Mahomes is the best. He's playing. Everyone's like, oh, he's fine from the injury. I don't think he was fine. I think he's just toughening it up and winning because that's the guy, kind of guy he is. But this solidified that Pat Mahomes is the number one quarterback for me. Before I had conversations of all three of these guys but pat mahomes is the guy for me if i had to pick any quarterback it would be pat mahomes he will win i he, he might not look pretty he might be injured he might be doing some weird under throw jumping things and walking like he's dying but he'll get it done and that's that's what i like about him um but yeah there's there's no one no one i'd rather have as a better court like if in a clutch situation you need you 10 yards, need anything. You need a first down. Yeah. yeah. And then I, this game also solidified to me that Joe Burrow, or not Joe Burrow, the Bengals and the Chiefs are going to be a rivalry for the next few years that I'm going to love to see. I'm excited for that. I Now that Tom Brady's retired, you know, Aaron Rodgers looks to be on his way out. I'm excited for these next group of quarterbacks to rise and become the titans of the league and hopefully stay in here for a long time and compete against each other hopefully stay on the same team because that's what i loved about the group of quarterbacks transitioning out of the league now brady was with the patriots for however many years roethlisberger with the uh steelers uh manning with the colts like rogers with the packers like i want to i want to make sure quarterbacks stay with their teams like that and aren't just trading all over kind of like how the nba is now i like having that team loyalty aspect to it to a mayor of cincinnati for a you know really a bring up the kansas city fans and the players themselves uh i'll <laughs> see calling him out in the post game uh press conference the jabroni or something like that <laughs> <laughs> love that he's from he went to cincinnati oh oh yeah i forgot about that that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh he's just he's been a little quiet after that game <laughs> yes, yes. rightfully so he, he he needs to stop talking for a little bit <laughs> i'm excited for the super bowl though i think this is going to be a good matchup and i think if the 49ers were to have somehow won against the Eagles if Rock Purdy had gotten injured and Johnson stayed healthy and they actually had a quarterback who could throw the ball I wouldn't have like wanted to see Johnson and the 49ers against the Chiefs in the or or the Bengals if the Bengals would have won that just wouldn't have been fun to me I don't I, I don't think anyone would have enjoyed that so I'm really excited for this game I think it's gonna be a, a memorable Super Bowl yeah, absolutely let's roll right into that too let's uh, go with early Super Bowl predictions um you got a score yet? You got a, you got a thought process yet? No idea. I have not looked at it too much. I think, man, it's hard to bet against Pat Mahomes. I, he's been there before. He's got the best tight end in the last 30 years, in my opinion, on his team, who's a little banged up. They're both banged up, so hopefully there will be full health to go for the game. I think Andy, uh, Andy Reid, yeah, that's his name, right? Is the coach. Um I think he's top tier in the NFL, and I don't know if Jalen Hurts and his dual threat can beat the scheme and the experience of the Chiefs. So as of right now, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I don't know what the score will be. I just hope it's close. I, it's a close game. It's going to be a great game. Uh, it's going to be that pass rush against Mahomes. That's going to be you know the key matchup. Um, Here's the thing. The Eagles have to get here. In the first week, obviously, you know, conference, you know, you get a bye. Giants, who in the playoffs was against the fraud of the Vikings. <laughs> and everybody kind of knew that the Giants weren't meant to be there. They, it was a good storyline, you know, that dark horse uh, in the playoffs. But we're definitely not in the same caliber as the top teams in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Played 
49ers team. Gauge that, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I just have to look at the regular season and see how they basically dominated all season. And then they did dominate the 49ers team, which have one of the best defenses in the league. So I I guess it's not a fair comparison because they didn't have any offense to help them out. But, yeah, you're right. It is is tough to compare. It is tough to to analyze that. So who do you think is going to win, though? Win. Okay. It's it's not going to be a blowout by any means. It's going to be a great game. It's going to come down to, you know – you know, last drive, last two drives, um, kind of like how it was last year with, you know, when the Bengals had an opportunity to win the game, but Joe Burrow basically getting sacked on every single play by Aaron Donald at the end of the game. Yeah. I think Mahomes is going to pull it off. Okay, I can see that. That would be, that'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a – I think it's going to be a – you know, like a th- – let's go th- – 3-27 victory. Okay. I can see that happening. It's going to be upper 20s, low 30s. I, 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 can, I, I wouldn't go any higher because the defenses are too good and they're going to be very disciplined and on top of it. And any lower, I don't think the... I don't know if the Chiefs defense can stop the Eagles from scoring that much, so the, the offense is going to have to compensate and it's going to be it's going to be a good scoring game, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Slide that into uh, our next so teams in the Super Bowl were involved in huge wide receiver trades this past offseason. You know, A. Brown to the um, to the Eagles. I, uh, you know, it gave Hurts that big weapon that he needed. I uh, and the Tyreek Hill trade out of Kansas City uh, to the Dolphins, who you know made didn't really do anything with it. Um, one of these wide receiver trades was bigger for their quarterback's legacy. Because, you know, Hurts, Hurts, guy in Philadelphia, there was even questions going into the season whether or not be their starting quarterback this next year. Um, but obviously he solidified himself and he's going to get a huge contract. But on and everyone was kind of questioning Mahomes' talent because, you know, the fastest guy in the NFL – and the best tight end in, that we've seen in a while. So which one do you think made the bigger impact? I I hate to say this, but I guess it depends. It's just at a weird stage for these teams. If Pat Mahomes wins this season, right, it shows that he didn't need Tyreek. If Jalen Hurts wins and A.J. Brown does well in this game, then we have to wait a few years to see that pan out. If AJ Brown leaves or Jalen Hurt leaves, what that scenario would look like. So I guess right now the bigger impact for me would be AJ Brown joining the Eagles. Will it will it help out Jalen Hurts' legacy or hurt it is yet to be seen depending on how he performs later in his career with or without AJ Brown. If Pat Mahomes wins this game and continues to win in the future, I think Tyreek Hill leaving didn't really have as big of an impact on his legacy as people would have liked to have seen, I guess. Maybe liked to have seen. So I guess to answer your question, A.J. Brown being traded to the Eagles had the bigger impact for Jalen Hurts. I would actually disagree. I, you know, looking at Mahomes' trajectory, Mm -hmm. you know, he flew out. He obviously studied under Alex Smith for that year. Um, you know, they still make playoffs. What first year? Yes, outstanding team. You're with the wide receiver core that he had. I mean, his arguably his best wide receiver was that guy right there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I, right, but. I mean, he's not, you know, a top wide receiver point in the NFL right now. Yeah. So, production. Yeah, he's done the best tight end. That's true. When you need a team like Kelsey does, and it's amazing that he's out of them all the time, but just the play calling, the play schemes, and you read 
you know, builds them up. But Holmes did on one foot this past weekend. He is amazing. He's going to go down as one of the best quarterbacks in history as of right now. I see a bunch of on Twitter, like, is Mahomes a first ballot Hall of Famer as of right now? I think he is. Yeah, it's hard to argue. (laughs) I agree with that. Um, I mean, he is remarkable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess depending on how Hurts does in the future with or without A.J. Brown, then yes, I would agree with you. I just think Tyreek being on the team for Pat Mahomes when he started was obviously good, but if he wasn't there, it wouldn't have mattered. Because obviously he can still do it. He can still get to this point. So does that hurt his legacy? I guess no, but it doesn't help his legacy either. A.J. Brown being traded to the Eagles helps Jalen Hurts' legacy if he wins the Super Bowl and then potentially leaves. Because then it'll show if Jalen Hurts does the same thing as Pat Mahomes. Because if, if Jalen Hurts or uh, if A.J. Brown leaves in two seasons after they've won, let's say they won back-to-back Super Bowls, A.J. Brown leaves... And then Jalen Hurts gets to another Super Bowl. I would say it's the same exact position almost as Pat Mahomes right now. I like that. But it just depends on it. Just depends on what happens, I guess. Who wins the Super Bowl and what happens with AJ Brown in the future? I can see that though for Pat Mahomes. Your argument. Right after, right after the Super Bowl, when when the when the Chiefs win. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's roll into you know. The heartbreaking loss for the 49ers. Um, you know, everybody knew that there was going to be a quarterback controversy coming into the year. You know, they were going to start Trey Lance. Obviously, he's that young, young guy that um, Kyle Shanahan was going to, you know, mentor and really build into a high quality quarterback. And he got injured right away, moved on to Garoppolo, injured, moved on to Per, injured. <laughs> oh, God. Let's look at their quarterback room. You know, they still have all three guys. Actually, technically, I guess they don't have Garoppolo. He's just signed a one-year extension, but he could, you know, easily come back. Yeah. Who have as their starting quarterback next year? It doesn't even have to be any of those three. Just any any quarterback right now. So, the way I'm looking at it, right, as if I'm the 49ers GM or owner or whatever, Let's say they all come back fully healthy. We, I'm going to put that assumption out there because who knows. I keep Brock as the starter, to be completely honest. I think he looked better and there was more hype around him when he was playing towards the end of the season compared to Trey Lance. When his first, whatever, two games, I don't know when he got injured. Um, so he's proven that he can win the late games in the season when it really matters he's proven that even though he was injured he stayed in the game which johnson got injured as well so they needed someone out there i guess but like body yeah so but like he could have easily just said no i'm injured i can't be out there to me that that was a good move on his part i don't know if he was thinking of it that way or if that's just the kind of person he is but so i would start brock purdy if he's fully healthy and then keep Jimmy G if he wants to stay on the team as a backup. I think if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm getting paid millions of dollars to to help a young guy become a, a star. Would it hurt my ego? Definitely. I'm, I, I can't imagine any NFL quarterback would be okay with that if you know you could start anywhere else. But if you can get to a Super Bowl like that, and then if Jimmy G stays healthy and he has to come in if Brock Purdy gets injured or... They can even switch things up. They can throw Jimmy G in for a play, and then like they can do a weird dual quarterback share thing, and it'd be good for the team. I think if that happens, you gotta look for trade options for Lance. Obviously, I don't know what they can get from it for him. If he's fully healthy, I think you can get a decent amount because he did show a lot of promise. And there's a lot of teams right now looking for a new franchise quarterback. So that would be my view on it i guess who would you keep i have a weird situation right because you know i think they were okay with you know that the top tier franchise 
just to develop Trey Lance. I don't even think going into the season they even thought about Chris McCaffrey. I think they were fine with their running game. They had the weapons on um, on the outsides that they needed. They had George Kittle. I think it was just all about Trey Lance this year, and then he got hurt. So I think they kind of took that opportunity and said, well, you know, we got to do something. And I think they pass him by in that situation. I don't think Trey Lance comes back. I think you're right. I don't think Garoppolo comes back. Really? Why not? I don't think Garoppolo comes back because I think he's going to make more money somewhere else. And I think he's fine with, like, I think he wants to be a starting quarterback. He doesn't want to be a backup. He was fine being that this past year. And he's a, you know, a great team morale guy. I think he goes somewhere else. Um, maybe even as like a transition quarterback, like to Carolina or maybe even Indy, uh, just while they, while they, uh, you know, develop a young quarterback that they're going to draft. Um, but I don't think Garoppolo comes back. I think it's Brock Purdy and Brock Purdy alone. One trade scenario I got. They don't even need to. They can just wait it out. Okay. The Derek Carr situation in LA, in Las Vegas. Oh, that'd be interesting. So, Derek Carr is the epitome of everyone's thoughts of like an average quarterback. <laughs> I think he's, a, I think he's a little better than that. I agree. Uh, just he's you know a little sensitive, <laughs> or you know he can't he can't handle the reporters talking to him and kind of downplaying his abilities. Um, I think it's, he gets a little defensive. He doesn't need to be that in San Francisco. They've got all the weapons. They've got the defense. And I think he's willing to take less money just so that he can play on a winning franchise and prove it. I think, I think they will release him because I don't think he wants to get traded. I think he, they want... I don't think he wants to get traded because I think he doesn't want to take away from his new team's assets. Oh. Picks and everything. So I think he released. I think he chooses the 49ers as his team. That would be that would be a I could I would like that for him cuz like you said it would take that pressure off of him having to win right now. And he doesn't have to move very far. You know, all the logistics of it is nice. <laughs> so I, I like that. I could see that happening. And again, Brock Purdy goes down, or if they're trying to do a dual quarterback sort of thing, he is, I think, a decent quarterback. I wouldn't be mad if he was on any team, if I'm the coach. He, he can get the job done, which isn't the greatest thing, but maybe he thrives at the 49ers. Who knows? Interesting. I think so. Nice. All right, let's move on to our NFL draft question of the day. Woo-hoo. All right. So, talking a lot about quarterbacks today. Obviously so. The NFL loves to bow down and worship quarterbacks here. Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, there's the big three next draft. There's Jay Stroud, a state quarterback, Phenom, um, highly projected Bryce Young out of Alabama, the short one, um, but with the intelligence of an NFL-ready quarterback. Then you got Will Levis, who was your you know traditional quarterback type, you know, big body, six four, um, you know, two thirty. Which one do you think is going to get drafted first? It's a good question, and I'm not saying he's the best of the three. I just think. The way he would fit into the organization would probably be, probably be the best. Is I'm saying Bryce Young out of Alabama. Like you said, he is a phenom. He, I mean, Alabama's always going to have top-tier quarterbacks. I think with the new... The way that the projections are looking, it looks like the Texans would potentially tra- or pick him. And the new Texans head coach, I just saw this earlier, is used to play for Alabama. So I, I can see that connection coming in already, and I could see that being a good spot for him to go. Do I think he's the best? I don't know. I kind of like C.J. Stroud a little more. But I I think they go more the Kyler Murray route and get a nice scrambling athletic quarterback and go from there. I, I, I don't know why 
you would doubt an Alabama quarterback after it's been proven over and over again that they can play in the NFL. Who are you going with? (laughs) What What was that? Uh, I think you're wrong. (laughs) Who are you going with then? (laughs) You got the the right team for Bryce Young. I think he will be the Texans. Will be the Texans. Okay. Be a team that trades for that number one spot. Oh, okay. Be the Indianapolis Colts. Had connections with Will Levis for a while now. I think that they're desperate for a quarterback. They will make that move from, I think they're five, they're fifth in the draft. I think they'll move from that fifth spot to that first spot, and they'll take Will Levis. And being, I think he's going to shine in the combine. That performed very well. They're going to feel threatened that someone else is going to take him over him. If I'm, if I'm, they, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. If I'm the Colts, I think I can, I think I can wait and get him then. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get him, give up anything for that. I think they could take him if you, like you said, if they're fifth. I can't remember the order either. I think they could wait that long. Yeah, risk though. If you really like a quarterback, do you take that risk? Depends on what they would give up for the number one pick. I guess that's all. It, it, if they're giving up more picks. Then yeah, sure, maybe go for it. But if you have to give up a key player or something, I, I don't know if you go. For, I don't know if you do that. Thing that he was going to shine in the combine. That there's going to be a threatening team, you know, that you know comes out like, oh, this team's interested in them. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be smart for the other teams to do. Kind of put that seed of doubt. I can see it. That big, you know, he's a big guy. That's not where the NFL is trending. Um, it's more of the more athletic quarterbacks who can dual threat. And I mean, he's not slow by any means, but you know, he's he's like that Matt Stafford type of player where yeah. he's got an insane arm, um, but he can still move. It's not like a Roethlisberger where you know Roethlisberger <laughs> was going down the chugging down the sideline. Um, that was ugly. <laughs> Yeah, um, but just because I say that, he should go number one. And is because I like Bryce Young's intelligence, and he's got that leadership mentality, that dog in him. His dog. <laughs> I don't think any of the quarterbacks have. Yeah. That winning mentality. J.J. Stroud, I think he's got... To be honest with you, I think he's got the best talent and the best, you know, pinpoint accuracy of any quarterback that I've seen in a while out of college, but he doesn't have that leadership mentality. You know, you watch Justin Fields on that same Ohio State team. Justin Fields is talking to his guys, riling them up, going out, getting hit in the back, you know, going down, going uh, an adrenaline shot in the in the blue tent, come running back out and winning the game. He's not doing that. He's not talking to his guys on the sideline. He's sitting over there, you know, studying his playbook. No, that's not a, that's not what a leader does. A leader throws that playbook, he slams his helmet on the ground, and he's yelling at his guys for not making those plays. I guess. I don't know. I don't like when quarterbacks do that. Like, I think it's – obviously, you have to be vocal, and I do think he needs to step up in that. But to get emotional when you don't need to, I think, really hurts a team. I think that's a big – thing of uh someone like Aaron Rodgers like obviously Aaron Rodgers is a leader but I think a lot of his players and I say his a lot of his teammates are annoyed with him most of the time and obviously they're gonna play well because they're playing with Aaron Rodgers and they want to play to that level and it's good to hold him to that level and he does that well but then he gets in these interviews or these, you know, interactions with people and he's saying stupid stuff that's just from emotion. It's it's just like, what what are you doing? Why, why, are you, why are you whining? Why are you crying about certain things? Uh, I don't know. Same, same thing with Tom Brady. Tom Brady would do that sometimes too this last season where he would come back. There was that one game he came back and he was yelling at his offensive lineman like about how they weren't doing something for him and he hadn't been at practice that whole week or something like that. It's like, you can't be vocal and emotional in, in spots like that. 
you can be emotional in other times, but when it comes to certain key moments, being emotional really hurts the team. Yeah, and it's definitely something that you need to pick your you need to pick your moments, right? Yeah. But being that emotional leader rather than just going to the sideline, like for example, Geno Smith this last year, leader for the Seahawks. Lockett dropped a pass where he was wide open and it just fell through his hands. You know, Lockett's over there, you know, you know himself on the sideline. Yeah. Geno Smith goes over, yells at him and goes, Get I'm throwing it to you again. Yeah. And I think that so, a good thing from Geno Smith is that he has been a backup and kind of a lower tier quarterback for so long that he knows, like, I got to boost these guys up because I've been down for so long. So like we're here now, we I gotta keep bringing people up. I can't I can't let Lockett go and sulk on the sideline because I need him to catch these balls for me to stay at this top level that I'm at. Like I need to I need these guys to perform well. I gotta do everything I can. Someone like Aaron Rodgers doesn't need that, or he hasn't experienced that yet enough to know how to do it correctly. Same thing with these young guys. They they haven't they've been winning their whole lives, right? The 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 college football scene being D one is where they start to see some struggle. But then when they go to the NFL, it's a whole nother game. It's a whole nother ball field. So we'll see. You're right. We'll see how it pans out. But yeah, as of right now, he does need to step up that leadership ability. I agree. So what I'm hearing is right one that's coming out here that's going to be a consistent quarterback. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the NBA. We just got some thrilling news out of Brooklyn today. Great. Most comical thing that I've heard in a while. Why is it comical? He's, it's hilarious. <laughs> because, you know, as, as coming out of the last season, you know, the guys in the NBA had the opportunity to go anywhere else. No one else wanted, maybe the Lakers, just because they were desperate. For some reason, I can't hear you right now. Sorry, say that again. I may have lagged. Can't hear you. Try un uh, try mute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're back. Okay. Yep, I can hear you. All right. As I was saying, what's comical about it is you know last year the only team that were was going to make an effort to trade for him was the Lakers. Brooklyn didn't want to do that. They were just going to wait it out. Kyrie Irving stayed quiet for a while, did his thing, balled out, turned into a good player this year. Waited a week before the trade deadline <laughs> and said, actually, I want out. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is toxic. He, any team that trades for him, I hope, is only going to quote-unquote rent him for this season, hoping to make a championship run. Because honestly, I would not sign the guy for more than a year. Man, that's tough. In my opinion, Kyrie is the top three point guards in the league right now. In skill... Yes, 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 yes. You're sorry. correct. You're correct. And I get that he's not the best in the locker room. I understand that. But I also think, one, there's been a lot of turmoil just over the past couple of years of the whole vaccine thing, and we're not going to get into the specifics of all that. And then the film that was shared on his social media or whatever, I didn't look too into it. Let Kyrie do his own thing. To me, those issues aside, he hasn't really, he hasn't been bad in that toxic sense that you're talking about. Like, those were just two major things that really had an impact on the team because he was sitting for a while because of the vaccine stuff. And then that was just a big moment in the world with all the anti-Semitism, all that stuff. So besides that, I feel like he, he's not 
yelling at teammates. He's not calling causing commotion. And he's one of the best point guards in the league. Why wouldn't you want him for longer than a, a season? I, you I just can't trust the guy, though. Can you not trust him, or can you not... But but the, the scenarios are over, right? It's not that he went out and did those things. It's that those things happened to him, and he just handled it how he was going to handle it. It's not like he was causing it. He was reacting to it, and they didn't like how he was reacting, which, justified oh. or not, I don't think he was out there causing the drama. He had the situation arise, and he didn't want to react a certain way. Oh, comparison for you. Tony O'Brien. Very different. I know. I know. Okay. Just based off your last point of he wasn't the one going out and doing these things. He was. It was things that happened outside in the world, and he was reacting to it, and it was just in a negative way in terms of the NBA. Yeah. Get that. Very different from Antonio Brown, who... <laughs> who got hit really hard in the head a lot of times. <laughs> Very different. Same kind of scenario where he's not out there playing. It's things happening outside of the on-field stuff. And Antonio Brown now, I think, would be a top 10 wide receiver if he was still playing. Hard to, but you can't just base it off of what's going on on the field or on the court. Also, I have to take into respect of what's going on outside because they're that culture, too. Yeah. I agree with so, that. I agree with that. Oh. We went off on a tangent here. That's not where I want to go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, what teams, where do you see him? I, real quick, I want to touch back on uh, the basically the whole situation. I think what happened was is he was trying to negotiate a deal, and then that's sort of basically saying what you're saying of, we can't really trust what's going to happen around you these next few years. We don't really want to sign you for these amount of years at this amount of money. And he, want, he thinks he deserves that because he is a top-level player. So he's looking at it as basketball. They're looking at it as a business. Completely fair. So I think that's why it's come to a point right now, a week before the trade deadline, where he's like, okay, I want out because they told him you're not getting the money. So that's tough, and that is a crappy situation to be put into. I would also like to bring it back to Kevin Durant when he, beginning of the season, said he wanted out. I think there's something in the front office at the Nets not wanting to give the players whatever they want, which is okay. They are a business. But I think that's also playing into it. There's there's something going on there that the public isn't knowing. Anyway, I think the best spot for Kyrie is the Lakers because they need to they need to go for a good playoff run this season. And I think Kyrie and LeBron have proven that they can do it as long as they are good on the same terms. And Russell Westbrook can get behind supporting. I don't know how that would look. I think they could go pretty far in the playoffs. What does a trade scenario look like? Ooh, you I trade guess, Westbrook? I guess they could, and the, the Nets would need him. I think Westbrook's been overhated the past couple of years. Sure, he hasn't been at the level he normally was for the Thunder and everything. But I think, I think Westbrook isn't a toxic guy. I think he's a good teammate to have. Yeah, I mean, a, a Kyrie-Russell-Westbrook swap... With maybe some dressings on the side. Doesn't really matter. Just role players or pick or something. Might not be a bad trade for the Lakers. I think Kyrie would be good on that team. He can take the pressure off LeBron. And that's what they need right now. Because LeBron can't be putting up 40 points a night. And still losing by getting fouled. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. That was a... Yeah. (laughs) Where, where would Even, you like to see him go, though? As much as I hate to say it, I'd love to see him go to the Heat. Oh, okay. They need a top-tier score because they don't have it. <laughs> need a guy who can run an offense because Butler's a defense guy, always has been. Yeah, he comes up clutch sometimes, but he's not a premier scorer. That's true. Or guy down there, like Bam Adebayo, defense guy. Yeah, that's, that's, what that's what their team is. They're a defensive-minded team. That 
Hundred percent. So I don't know if like, Kyrie in would ruin that. Not enough defense around him. Where yeah, Kyrie's not a great defensive player at all, but he doesn't need to be on that team. True. Not the guys to do that. Needs someone who can score the ball. That's true. I like that. I and I think Kyle Lowry won't. Kyle Lowry's still on team, right? I haven't even checked into that this year. Kyle Lowry, Lowry would not be the main guy if Kyrie was there, obviously. Would they trade for Kyle Lowry for Kyrie? Okay. I'd make the money work somehow. Yeah. Uh, and I think Kyle Lowry makes enough where that would be like the offsetting contract. Okay, I can see that. I like that. I don't know if the Heat are going to pursue it, though. I don't know why they would. I don't know. They're they're just not kind of in the middle of the pack of playoff teams right now. I think they need to like make like a big move. They gotta do something. Yeah, I don't know. Like you said, the the controversy and everything around them. I don't know if they want to do that. I think the Lakers would do that because they know that they're losing LeBron in his second prime. I guess I I don't even know. LeBron's just been dominant for so long. I don't even know what you call it, but they have LeBron. They got to use him as much as possible. And I think they would deal with the off-court shenanigans for, like you said, a loner season to get LeBron another ring. I could see that happening. Oh, let's, you know, let's backtrack here. What does that mean for KD? I think KD wanted to be gone at the beginning of the season and he stayed. <laughs> Because Kyrie's like, no, we can do this. If I get my contract, we can win this year and next year. And then now Kyrie's not getting his contract. So they're like, ah, shit. <laughs> Here we go. So, <laughs> I mean, KD has always been weird to me because he was so quick to join the Warriors and everyone kind of hated him for that, which, okay, you don't like super teams and the NBA probably should have stopped that. But he doesn't seem to be loyal to a team, which is okay the way the NBA is now that's not really a thing I think he I I want to see him win for the Nets I think that's a good fit for him and I like him on that team I don't know if he's if Kyrie leaves they'll have the money to pay Kevin Durant if he wants more if that's what the issue was at the beginning of the season because going back Nets team had to be the most hated team history like (laughs) Ben Simmons did in Philly with all of his off off the court stuff and then Kevin Durant who ruined the sport by going to Golden State yeah had to have been the most hated team in history yeah that's a lot of that's a lot of rough history in there yeah (laughs) I yeah, I, I think Kevin Durant's done in Brooklyn. I think he'll request a trade if Kyrie's gone. Where do you think he'll go? Up on the sun somehow. Um, that's where he wanted to go. I can see him going. Honestly, I can see him going to the Heat, too. Um, Interesting. A lot of options here. I could see him going to the Wizards to go back home and win it for his hometown. Or if he wants to be gracious enough and go to the Pistons, we got a young core and we need an elite scorer. And Bojan Bogdanovic isn't going to be the guy. <laughs> star. We just need a star. Anyone. It doesn't matter. <laughs> a star. <laughs> Anyone besides Bojan. <laughs> and we would be decent <laughs> next season. And we can't have injuries. But yeah, that, that aside. Huh. To, uh, let, yeah, let's actually go into this Pistons talk. Um, because, you know, we're uh, up there for the number one pick in the draft um we got a nice little uh segment for you it's called twitter fingers oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, um this is gonna be is you know any uh twitter beefs that go on um anything that's tweeted out by any nba nfl even mlb um anything that's on the twitter world uh we're gonna talk about here this week was Victor Wembanyama. It's his number one overall pick for this next NBA draft. Um, absolute star. Post video of him with a girl on his head doing his just workouts um, and practices. His hands. 
<laughs> paused it. Someone paused it on Twitter. It was E.T. It, I'm, that's all I'm saying. It was <laughs> E.T.'s hand. Where you was to put on his body. There's no way that that was his hand. <laughs> Huge. He is a freak of nature. He is a freak of nature. It, he should not be that tall and move the way he does. And yeah, it is disgusting to see in a good way. <laughs> Me of that um, player that was playing in high school that I think he was 7'5". Who? The was running down the court, but like was really unathletic because you know he was too big for his body. But it's, but it's at all. He moves really well. Mm-hmm. He needs to it's gain a, like thirty pounds, and he'd be a crazy shooting guard. <laughs> <laughs> the guy can ball. Yes, he can. He's an amazing player, and That's he's going to next year. <laughs> yeah, that that video, I was like, man. When I was, you know, 14, thinking, oh, maybe I'll play in college. Who knows? No. If there's guys like that, why would I ever get a shot? <laughs> That's, I, yeah. But the the great thing about Webinyama, I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly, but whatever, is he is the archetype for the NBA going forward, right? They have Kevin Durant, Giannis, Siakam's uh, been touted like that. Jason Tatum, although a little bit shorter than... 7'5", obviously. He's a similar type of player, a long, tall shooting guard, basically. He played 1-4. to four. You either need one of those guys to win in the NBA, or you need a Steph, Luka, potentially Trey. I could see Trey Young if he has the pieces around him doing that. You need either a shooter like that, or a Kevin Durant-esque player, Victor Wembanyama player. So, if the Pistons do get him, and God, I hope they do... <laughs> that lineup is going to be amazing, and they just need a decent veteran. Give them three years, and they're going to win it all. Guaranteed. James. On. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be so right. cool. Right. And we got to win it. God. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love that. They would be close to Cleveland so they can, you know, go back to their roots. It could happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's all we got for you this week. We'll catch us next week. You know, we'll talk more about the Super Bowl and more NBA stuff because that's what we're leading into. Yes.